Welcome to Freelance Sucks. Here we discuss the dark side of freelancing about which nobody usually talks out loud. In this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm a community builder at Code Control and 9am.works. And my guest is Anthony Muhi, a freelance technical writer with more than eight years of experience with a background in chemical engineering, who went from $10 to 10K monthly, and now helps turn 100 freelancers into successful entrepreneurs while doing what they love. So welcome, Anthony. Thank you for the invitation, Yuri. You're, you're very smooth at telling that intro, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I practice so much. And the hardest or the easiest questions, we'll see. For you, what is the most challenging part of being a freelancer? I think it's the dry periods, you know, when you've been about one, two months without new work and you have your clients from before, but you're worried that if my client from now disappears, where am I going to get a new client? Because these clients are not looking at my proposals or whatever. I think that's the most worrying moment, especially after you raise your rates. People, they, mm. you know, they run away. Talking about rates, how do you, how do you decide to increase in them and how do you communicate with your existing clients that you are doing that that's a great question because uh as you may know or maybe not i'm a client as well on on sorry yeah, on Upwork. Yeah. and wow sometimes it's tough because you have a certain budget for the project and mm. the freelancer asking for more money is always difficult so what i would suggest is make sure that you've given them enough value as a freelancer and then you can start asking for more but if you haven't be reasonable because things are getting hard for everybody right now and talking coming back about to this dry period so how do you deal with them like professionally and emotionally emotionally just stay confident i mean you can't give up and say well i'm not going to get any work ever again you have to keep <laughs> feeling the same way that you are an expert you know your thing sooner or later you're going to get work and Dealing with them financially, I think you have to watch your expenses because you can never trust that every week is going to be as good as this one, right? Maybe next week you won't have any work. Maybe for three weeks you won't have any work. So just keep your expenses at the same level, more or less, and be reasonable. Do you have any financial pillow for those dry periods? Yeah, I have made sure to to keep savings. And since I made, a, I started my career in Venezuela. So as you said, I started with $10 a month. And I was able to save when I was making a lot more in Venezuela. I didn't have to spend because it was so cheap. Mm -hmm. So I just saved a lot of money and that's how I'm safer now. And what is the most time consuming scene you must deal with as a freelancer, except for work itself? I think it would be maybe the outreach when you're looking for clients outside and not getting inbound clients. I think that's the biggest problem that freelancers have today outreach just trying to compete for the eyes of the clients of getting their attention and you know convincing them to hire you that's the toughest how do you do the outreach i try to build my personal brand on linkedin that's what i'm doing right now i'm talking with a lot of people on linkedin i engage with them i don't do that as much on upwork i'm re just restarted my career on Upwork as a freelancer because mm -hmm. I haven't been freelancing for, a, for for quite a while on Upwork. I've been just a client. So these days I'm sending proposals. It's interesting. I'm getting some work, but uh, but it's always better to do it on LinkedIn. I say. Got it. And what is the most nerve-consuming thing for you as a freelancer? I think it might be sometimes when you're in the interview stage and there is somebody there that has like 
yeah, I have about 10 other candidates. I want to know why you're the best. It can be tough. I know that you're laughing because because it's true, right? You can get so much, you can get nervous and you don't know when, because today I might not be nervous talking to you on this podcast, but then tomorrow mm. I'm on an interview and I'm sweating. <laughs> How do you deal with those kind of questions? I think that the best way is just to feel it's the mindset you have to feel that you're the best you have to say this is my job this is going to be mine i'm not going to let anybody else take this job being confident is the number one thing that every freelancer must have otherwise they will not be hired have you ever competed with some of your friends or colleagues for some of jobs not that i remember because thankfully my friends they've went into different directions so yeah i haven't had to face that Got it. And as a freelancer, have you ever had a professional loneliness? Have you ever felt it? I would say yes, because you're working at home, you're working basically in your own world. And yeah, it does happen. I do get isolated sometimes from my family, from friends, because I don't have to go anywhere, really. <laughs> how do you how do you make sure that you are coming back? Sometimes I ha they have to remind me, you know, sometimes I <laughs> they have to say, hey, what's wrong with you? You don't want to talk to me anymore. And then that's when I go back. So, yeah, it's always important to mix both worlds together and not just separate them. And do you communicate with professional colleagues at somehow? Yes, I do like building networks. That's an important, crucial thing that you have to do as a freelancer. Build networks because otherwise you're going to be alone online and offline. It's going to be a very lonely place. I can imagine, especially that, you know, like we have camera, we have laptop, what else do we need? Like everything is here. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm one step aside of my office and like one step and I'm at home. So a little yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's exactly how it is. So if your friend wanted to become a freelancer, what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing it? Okay. The first one, I would say don't do free work. I mean, there's mm. a lot of advice out there to do free work, to get your first reviews. Don't do free work. That immediately lowers your value. Try to do some some low paid work, small projects. That's enough. Secondly, I would tell them to be careful with the niche. When they select for the first niche, there are many niches out there that are very populated today. Virtual assistant, content management, content writing, sorry. They're, those are very busy right now. You should be doing something more specific, something more specialized from the beginning. And thirdly, I would suggest keeping up with trending industries. Like, for example, AI is very, very profitable right now. Like Web3 was last year. And in the future, there's going to be some other things. So you have to keep up with them. And that way you can stay ahead of everybody else. Are you thinking about changing your specialization and going to more AI focused? Yes, I do, because I, I create content uh, in freelancing and I've realized that many people, they are not using AI, they are just competing with AI. And I think that that's a mistake. Use AI, you have to use it. So I'm teaching people how I use ChatGPT4. I'm soon, I'm soon going to get uh, another Jasper, I think it is, Jasper AI. Mm. So I'm going to be looking at several tools. I'm not going to give them free marketing here, don't worry. And uh, we're going to see how it goes. And talking about uh, not doing a free work and doing like a low paid work. So from your experience, for example, let's say like the average um, hourly rate, $100. So if somebody is starting, like what amount should they put on their services? Well, to be honest, right now, I, th I think if they start with $100, they're not going to get very far. 
because uh, there's a lot of clients getting into freelancing thinking that freelancing is just cheap people cheap workers right so sometimes i tell people just keep it above ten dollars at least please because there are i'm talking from the point of view of somebody who started in a poor country let's say things as they are right poor country and you can't you can't charge less than 10 there are people out there charging that and i say 20 dollars is a good amount to start with it convinces people it doesn't break the bank so yeah go ahead with 20 at least and you know i also i also was curious about like what even in europe how different hourly rates are and uh it's always uh, from developer side. So sometimes it's easier to hire somebody from Croatia or somebody from Bosnia and Herzegovina than from Germany, for example, because at totally different rates. And how to make sure as a freelancer that you are getting good rate no matter where you are? Yeah, that, that's interesting. That's a good one. I think you have to base it on your market rates. like. There are other people in your market. You should be looking at your competitors. I always tell people to abandon the idea that don't pay attention to anybody. Just focus on yourself. I think that's silly. I think you really need to look at your competitors. Just don't don't fight with them. Don't compete directly. Just take inspiration from their profile, from their rate, and maybe even talk to them. Like, what are you charging? This and that. And that will help you decide. That will help you know. Because there are also new freelancers that come in and they think they can charge 200 per hour. Mm. And that's not true either. Yeah, totally. You have to understand like what is the market and like to be realistic about yeah. this stuff. But I feel like sometimes people are like, okay, those people are doing like $200. I would put like 190 and I will win them. But no, most likely no. But yeah, I feel like it's a long journey to understand what are your rates and how to stand out. So, you know, I really wish to have the sky is the limit, but time is the limit. So the final question, if you were starting freelancing today, what is one thing you would have done differently? I would definitely not pitch, pick the same niche that I picked. <laughs> I started off as a book ghostwriter. I was earning so little money. I was earning like uh, less than $5 an hour and it was terrible. So what I would pick is something that is more profitable from the first moment. I remember then the first the first months of freelancing of my first year, I was making about fifty to one hundred dollars a month. So that was nothing. That was super low. But yeah, then I grew really quickly. I made a few thousand a month, and these days I'm happy. But I would do that. Accelerate my earnings faster than I did. Got it, Anthony. Thank you very much for sharing your challenges and having such an open conversation. Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button on five stars and share it with your friends. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.